BMG Partners and 1494 2AY presents The Journey Podcast. The stories you're about to hear are true. They shine a light on the events and incidents, known and unknown, that have shaped the lives of the Albury-Wodonga region's most intriguing personalities, local legends and unsung heroes. So sit back and enjoy. The journey once again uh, back to find out a backstory behind somebody local and Stephen Mamuni from BMG Partners. This one's going to be a little bit different because, well, you're you're the guy who for the past four years has really enabled us to be able to find out more about those that live in our community and some of their great achievements. But this time, the spotlight's on you. Welcome. Thank you, Kevin. And. Uh be fair to say I'm feeling rather anxious about now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. By the end of it, you'll go, oh, geez, what was I worried about? I promise. It won't hurt a bit. Um, we always start with the heritage to the area. So for you, the Mamuni name would potentially mean something to different people within our community, depending on where they've crossed paths with you and your siblings. But let's talk about your heritage to the local area, schooling and things like that. Yeah, so I, look, I think I've got to go back to, to mum and dad's families first it's 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 about a, a story as much about them as anything else and uh dad um dad's family came to the area in in 1931 when he was two his father um started a, a menswear store called max store for men which is in dean street just opposite the globe hotel corner there and um and uh mum's family came in 1948 with her family uh my mum came with her family in in 48 and uh her father William Lawson was a, um, a, a national bank manager, uh, just opposite where Max Dorf for men <laughs> <laughs> was, oddly enough. Yep, and so your name is probably pretty prominent in swimming um, locally and the operation of our local pools. And let's talk about how we've gone from the menswear and the banking towards the aquatics. Yeah, and uh, I think that... The, the, the roots of this story started pretty early on. So mum and dad were married in 1957 and uh, the family uh, suffered a tragic accident in, 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 on New Year's Day in 1960. Uh, mum and dad lost their only two children at the time uh, and also dad's mother Gertrude in a boating accident on the Hume Weir. Right. And, um, and uh, you know, growing up, um, you know, mum and dad went on to have seven more children after that um, you know, Matt, uh, my older sister Philippa, myself, Adrian, Jennifer, Matthew, and the twins Rebecca and Catherine. And uh, growing up, we didn't really um, know a lot about um, what had happened. Uh, but gradually, we sort of pieced, pieced um, bits and pieces of it together, and, and we've got a much better understanding over time as to what uh, what happened on that day. And mm. um, so, I think that really sort of set the scene for our background in in the swimming in the swimming. Um, side of things so what is the are you happy to share that story so how, how do you discover that as a family as, as siblings to sort of yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult and um yeah in those days people you know you, you didn't really it wasn't something you sort of talked about mm-hmm. um and um we just sort of every now and again you sort of pick up a little bit of information about what had happened and uh whether that was from mum or from dad from time to time or maybe from a family friend uh and uh, and gradually sort of got to understand. So we didn't really understand a lot about that growing up, uh, but over time it sort of made sense. Um, yeah, you know, Dad was all about, uh, and Mum was all were all about growing up. You know, keeping the family together and, and really being a strong, good, strong, tight unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
you know, we had a, an amazing sort of childhood and uh, we had enormous amounts of, uh, of fun. Dad was, um, you know, was always up for a game and, and, uh, and, a, and a new adventure. Um, and mum was, uh, you know, mum had a great imagination and was very resourceful and they made a great team. And uh, you know, so growing up, you know, life was always something interesting and uh, going on, whether it be um, getting up and going for 6am picnics before before <laughs> school and work and uh, just on a whim or, or whether it be, um, you know, I remember um, certainly one of the things that we, you know, that were strong, uh, uh, mum and dad instilled in us, and and I think generally in the community as well was learning how to swim, and and uh, you know being competent in the water. Mm. And so hence the uh, the swimming, I guess is is from that sort of necessity that life skill. Yeah, we all always had an interest in it and uh, in swimming growing up, and uh, and my family um, uh, through mum and dad, and then later on. Uh, Jennifer and and uh, Matthew and 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 I think all of us were involved in the the uh, the pool business at some stage and uh, so we took on the um, uh, the management of the local swimming pools mm. uh, and uh, that was from 1982 until until about 2011 um, and there's no doubt in my mind that um, because of what had happened even before we were around. Uh, in particular, Jennifer and Matthew, who managed the, the swim centres, their their mission in managing those centres was to make sure that there wasn't um, going to be an accident mm. in in the public swimming pools, and uh, they were they were very diligent in that in that role. So, let's talk about your schooling a bit deeper, because obviously, growing up here, you would have been schooled here. Where did you go to school? Um, so, uh, I went to uh, primary school at Aubrey Primary School, yeah. and. Uh, uh, and then uh, Albury High School. Uh, uh, in those days, it wasn't a university uh, locally, so I, I went off to Sydney University, studied up there, um, and uh, and then came back and uh, did my chartered accounting uh, studies back here, and then went back to Sydney for a few years and, and New York, and eventually came back to uh, to public practice to join Ross Black in uh, July of 1988 at the, the tender age of, uh, I think, 25, if I've got my sums right, <laughs> to take up partnership uh, uh, with Ross. So let's talk, so that's, that's I guess, the, the BMG, right? So that's, that's right. where mm. we are today. It's, mm. it's sort of what brings us on these journeys each month. Uh, let's talk about that career and partnership sort of success for you and, and, and what it's taken to this point today. You know, as you said, a 25-year-old as a, as a partner, you know. Yeah. And it, it, look, I, and I learned a hell of a lot from Ross Black, my partner, and uh, he had a real focus on uh, putting our clients first and, and, and looking at what they were trying to achieve and uh, putting yourselves in their shoes. Uh, also, we had a focus on, on how to do things better, always looking for a new way to do things better and more efficiently uh, and more effectively. And, uh, and then a few years later, uh, Ross's brother Vince joined us. Uh, now Vince was more a strategic thinker, so that's is where the strategic side of the, the business came in, and uh, so he was always looking for okay, what are the new trends? What else was coming up? And uh, and in fact, uh, in the mid two thousands, uh, Vince wrote a policy for the business about how to survive a pandemic. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I think we've still got it on the file somewhere. And uh, called upon it. <laughs> Uh, we did pull it out uh, <laughs> a bit over eighteen months ago, and and uh, and uh, just to see what that was about. But um, um, you know, like in in 
in the early 2000s, uh, one of the things that sort of dawned upon us was there was, was a trend for a lot more uh, women coming into the profession mm. and, uh, and uh, because families like to have uh, families, mm. uh, a lot of work went into, into training people and bringing them up to speed. So we wanted to make sure that we, we, we had the facilities to enable people to work from home. Um, so that included uh, remote access, um, uh, paperless office, uh, electronic filing and, and all the rest. Uh, in the in the 2000s, so that mums um, could could stay home with their family. Um, these days, it doesn't much matter, matter whether it's mums or dads, but people could be with their family, mm. still work, and uh, and come and stay, keep their skills up to date. And uh, I think that sort of held us in pretty good stead for the last couple of years. Isn't it fascinating? There are a few businesses like that that just by chance or or planning for something else, they've managed to be pandemic ready and and that remote and all the rest. It, it, it's you feel you don't think you're innovative, but really you were without knowing it. Uh, the necessity of it now is different to what you would have been planning for back then. Is just trying to keep some good staff, I guess. Yeah, and um, we always said that Vince was yeah well and truly before his time, and he certainly was. And uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, look, I think you sort of evolve, I suppose, and uh, and and these solutions present themselves, and you think, well, okay, well, this, you know, we were ready for this. And mm. um, so. Enabling people to achieve, um, you sort of spoke about that sort of being the, one of the principles, I guess, of your business right back. Um, what do you think it is that, that enables people to achieve from all your years of watching others and, and it being part of your own catch cry? What are some of the considerations? Look, I think it, it comes from a, uh, a deep desire to, uh, you know, to help people and, uh, and uh, I, I don't feel I've got a mortgage on, on that want you know it's good to have a great purpose in life and I think uh, if you can um, take some principles with the, and, and I think our principles within our practice are, are good strong ones and they've, they've stood the test of time where you can take those principles and you you consistently le- look for new ways and having a learning mindset and then uh, be in a position where you can talk to people about look what are your goals what are you what is it you want to achieve and then give them good guidance so that they can make informed decisions. And, uh, you know, these days finances are quite complicated, uh, still as important as ever. Um, and so our role, we feel, is, is to understand our clients' goals and what they want to achieve, understand what the laws are, and, uh, you know, simplify those so they can make a good decision about, you know, which way to go and give just make them think through the issues. Hmm. So it's really... Desire is probably the key word you might have used in there, isn't it? It's not not only in your job helping others realise their potential, but really you've got to be able to do it yourself. That's right. Yeah, yeah, is is unta- untap that desire. And mm. um, so, for somebody so local, and sounds like you've travelled quite a bit. And um, what is it about Albury Wodonga and our region and what have you that's that's kept you here? And I guess even with these journeys, it's telling the story of some pretty sensational achievements around our region. And there's still plenty more that we're sort of learning about in the background that hopefully we can tell in the future. But but why Albury-Wodonga? Look, I think, um, you know, I'm I'm blessed to have have grown up here in a a wonderful family and a wonderful community. And uh, and, uh, I must admit... Uh, when I was working in Sydney uh, and studying there as well, and uh, I really enjoyed the the lifestyle up there at the time. I, you know, but I was young, and and that was great. And the opportunities were there, and and I was doing well with my career in Sydney. But 
I think at the end of the day, it's hard to get away from look just the the family, the friends, and the lifestyle we have here is amazing. Mm. Um, you know, like I've got a great uh, group of swimming buddies that um, that we've swum and and uh, well, I'm not sure you talk it. Sw- talk swimming is part of the the reason we get together. You know, <laughs> we get up early, we go for a uh, an hour walk, um, swim for twenty minutes. Uh, grab a cup of coffee, and I can still get home in time to cook breakfast for Alicia and uh, and, uh, and and still be at work by 8.30. Now, um, I know my mates uh, in Sydney would still be just getting to and from work, and that, w- that would be their whole week was just getting to and from work, and then um, on a weekend just going to one sporting event with their, with their children. And uh, I think we're lucky here. Yeah. We've got such a, lo- a great environment, the great seasons, but also the lifestyle. And it seems like people, uh, again, through necessity, are starting to cotton on to that lifestyle as we've seen the pandemic play out and, and those highly popular sort of locations, the CBDs and what have you, they're all they're all spreading their wings and looking at our region, which is fantastic. Um, so you mentioned their community, and I know there's a fair, um, I guess, sh- sharing of sort of beliefs between community and swimming that you've sort of been very passionate about with Big Splash and also I think that's sort of fairly personally motivated as well. Let's talk a bit about that, the community aspect. Yeah, once again, um, growing up here, you know, you, 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 and it's probably not until later on in life you sort of learn the value of community organisations and how they help you grow up. Mm. Um, sure, your family and your mum and dad can teach you certain things, but it's 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 often those other community areas that sort of help you transition from being a, you know, a young person into an adult and learn about life and uh, and and experiences outside of the family. And uh, I was fortunate to, uh, to 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 be involved in a, bu- a number of sporting and other organisations along my way where you you got that experience and that was given to me mm. but you don't realise the value of it until you get a bit older and then you can start passing that back on to to others and uh, uh, you know one example I mentioned a swimming group you know that's that's great but uh, I've been involved with water polo mm-hmm. um, all my life and um, and uh, you know, being able to my role in water polo for the last probably 20 years has been about uh, taking juniors in the water polo um, uh, ranks and and transitioning them from junior water polo to senior water polo, mm. and that's not about just teaching them how to play water polo. It's about teaching them how to become young people, young adults, um, uh, become resilient, uh, deal with all the, all the things that we need to deal with as as adults, and being good sports people as well at the same time. You know, think, teaching them respect and uh, and the value of that sort of things and often it you teach them things that they don't necessarily get at home or if they do get it at home they don't necessarily listen to that advice at home you know? <laughs> we're all guilty of that <laughs> absolutely um and so um you know through through my connections with water polo and, and you mentioned the big splash that uh that uh I, when i was coaching um uh i was coaching mary baker in in the albury a grade um team and uh um and yeah, you know, I, I remember um, you know, when um, you know, one weekend we, were, we we it was it was after a couple of years of not a lot of success, and we got into the to the finals, um, and we won the preliminary final completely unexpected. Mm. So this is Sunday, and um, and then um, uh, 
Sunday afternoon, uh, I got a call, a call from um, from um, Mary's mum, Annette, to say, you know, Steve, that game was absolutely brilliant. Um, it was fantastic, actually. Annette used a couple other words in yeah, there yeah. that I won't repeat, but um, <laughs> it was fantastic. And uh, and Mary had an absolute, you know, a terrific game. And, and Mary was only fifteen at the time. Mm. That was Sunday. We trained uh, Monday night at uh, at the North Albury Swim Centre, um, and uh, and you know the the team were all buoyant. We were in the grand final. It was fantastic. Mm. We were all buoyant about this, and um, and then the next uh, next morning uh, I was driving to to work. Actually, I was driving to to with my daughter Ellie Rose uh, to drop her off at school, and uh, and we were turned away from the. Um, the uh, the highway at the Thaguna uh, on ramp, and so we had to go the long way into school, and I, I didn't think too much of it. But uh, when I got to the office, I'd received a phone call uh, to to learn that um, uh, that night or, or that morning that uh, that Mary had taken her own life, mm. um, and you know that was, you know, it was it was a devastating you know, situation. Not you know not for just me, but for a lot of people. You know, clearly Mary's family, but a lot mm. of people in the community. It was just something that was deeply impact you know deeply impacted um, you know myself and, and a lot of other people and you're right the severity of obviously the situation but you think of that contrast you've just described which I don't think a lot of people probably take you know too much attention to but it should be a high point in life uh, particularly for a teenager for a team for the community for those around and then you know within such a short period of time to have the devastating low from the opposite end of the angle um, from that story. It, it's obviously something that's inspired a lot of people, including yourself, to be involved in the big splash um, because it is for such a good cause. So do you want to talk a little bit more about how easy it is to stay motivated? You know, obviously for you, uh, it'd be it'd be a no-brainer, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and it was, uh, it was um, yeah, I, look, and I, I get, I guess, uh, a lot of, inspiration and motivation from from you know remembering mary mm. and uh mary was a, she was a great kid and and uh you know, what happened just makes no sense to me at all mm. but but you know it, it's it's difficult to sort of fathom but uh but i can still see um mary you know sort of say come on steve you know you, you know training and what's next and what are we going to do and and uh, you know, so she she still tells me those. You know, I still hear those those messages from her. Yeah. Uh, particularly when, um, you know, when it comes to organising the big splash, and you think, oh, yeah, there's a lot of work, and yeah, but then you know, I hear Mary say, no, you can do this, or yeah, uh, and it uh, it does drive you on, it motivates you. Let's talk about discovering yourself for a moment, because I know you said at the start of this journey, this is confronting. Now, I've, I think I first met you, Stephen, through this process of here's an idea, we want to tell people stories, there's no way in hell you're ever going to tell me mine. Um, <laughs> it was sort of the, the sort of very clear body language and the resistance that's existed for f- four years pretty much this month. Um, so what is it that's driven you to be able to be comfortable to be here having the conversation? What have you learnt maybe from other journeys or from, from other people? And and even, I know recently you've announced you're going to be, you know, part of a council ticket, which I know only 12 months ago you said you'd never do and you had great admiration for people who would. What What's changing or what what are you learning? It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I'd sort of, um, I've always... Um I don't know. I mean, I, as far as myself, as, as I've always, 
challenge myself to do better and always have something to, to work towards. I'm not sure where that's come from. Um, yeah, it's clearly, I think, something that sort of comes through your family and, and also your experiences and just seeing you know, through my life uh, people that have been around me who have had challenges um, and then you know, pick themselves up. Mum and Dad, you know, just a great inspiration. You know, mm. um, you know, to see them do what they've done after their, the tragedy they they'd mm. experienced and then um, you know, looking at families like the Baker family and... Uh, and uh, yeah, and other tragedies of, of, of similar situations you see out of adversity um, to, to do that. And uh, I must admit, um, you, you're always learning and, and I, I love to learn from just people in, in that you meet. Yeah, and uh, great, great if someone's sort of famous and done something terrific that everyone knows about, but there's a lot of little unsung stories as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, I remember uh, there's a chap who used to come and swim at the Wodonga Pool. His, his name was Keith Marshall, and he passed away a couple of years ago in his 90s. But Keith used to get up and and uh, you know, and swim a couple of you know, a mile or two every morning of his life. Even though, and he had a stroke, and he kept come back and swam and, and lived another 15 or 20 years after his stroke when mm. he wasn't expected to to um, to um, to survive. Here's a guy who also did a couple of. Yeah, Melbourne to Sydney, um, not walk, not quite, super marathons or ultra marathons mm. uh, back in the Cliffy Young days. And I think, look, he's just an ordinary guy who goes and does his best. So I get a lot of inspiration from those stories and, and a lot of our clients too and, and people in business. You sort of see what they've done in business. And uh, and I, I just think, well, you know, I owe it to myself um, to always try and get the best out of myself and try, you know, challenge myself into in doing something new and... Uh, um, and as far as I've always been one to sort of, I'm a bit reserved, sort of sit back and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a good team player. I think I like to help <laughs> others get, get out in front. Um, and, um, uh, another tragic story. I mean, life's full of tragedies, I, I guess, but uh, another yeah, tragic story also very close to my heart. My, my, my youngest, youngest sister, Kat, Catherine lost her husband to a, a motor vehicle accident. Mm. Um, I'm going to say about four years ago now. Uh, now, Mariti, he uh, was uh, a, a, a brave man, and uh, Mariti came from Kenya to find a new, li- new life in Australia. Mm. He followed his brother over here, but um, he came up to Albury with with Kate to 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 uh, and to to um, to find his his a new life and start a family here and. And uh, when he, um, yeah, and, and he was one of those sort of infectious guys who just knew the value of life. Mm. And uh, I remember at a family gathering, he, you know, we we had only a couple of months before he, he passed away from his accident, and uh, it was for Mum's 80th birthday party, it was a surprise birthday party. We were all there, and and uh, you know, typical siblings we were all bickering about something or other, or you know, <laughs> carrying on, or. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Marithi sort of stopped us all in our, our tracks and said, "Everyone, you need to you know to listen. You, this and and pay attention to this lady. This lady is the reason you're all here." <laughs> and uh, I thought, how brave you know to come into such a big family. Yep. And but st- still be so astute and and point that out. And uh, and uh, so I've always, when it comes to bravery, I, uh, these days I've. I think of Marathi and I think, well, how brave was he to come to a completely different country 
um, and um, you know, which I think is a terrifically brave thing to do and, and uh, start a new life. And we've sort of seen a bit of that through the pandemic in terms of how privileged and sheltered a life we've lived for such a generous period of time in the grand scheme of things in Australia. And I think a lot of us have struggled with. But when you find that perspective of other people, suddenly you can find life not not as bad as it could be. There's much worse that could be happening at any given time and the people you drive past or walk past that you may not even know. I guess this takes us back to that journey is what is the story? Mm. Why do they think? Why do they act? Why do they um, position themselves the way they do? Let's talk about people you admire. And I know you've sort of mentioned your parents and, and you, you know, you've already released a couple where you've, you've watched on and learnt from people. Who is it that you admire the most? Um. I'm not sure. If anyone asks me who you admire the most, I'll be here for a couple of hours trying to work out, okay, who is the one? <laughs> it's like asking, who is the, you know, the best Formula One racing car driver? I don't know. I'd have to debate that. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I mentioned, and look, I've mentioned that I, I admire ordinary people who just do, do extraordinary things, um, no matter what it is. Um, I think there was a famous uh, Greek philosopher who said, you know, courage and bravery is just sort of getting through a life. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. But uh, I must, you know, uh, I don't have to go too far, you know, to, to, to find my inspiration. We've talked about it, a few people already, you know, mum and dad and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and people around me. And, uh, you know, I, I must admit my daughter, uh, Ali Rose, and, uh, and I get an enormous amount of inspiration from Ali. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, for the things that she's already done in her life um, to date, yeah, you know, I look at her and I think, wow, you know, if um, and, and Ali might look at me and say, well, Dad, I've got to try and keep up with you, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at thinking, well, I've got to keep up with you. It's like uh, these these things that she's done. So I get a lot of inspiration. She's a brave young girl, mm. and uh, um, and of course uh, my partner Alicia, uh, who is uh, you know is a you know. I, who's also an accountant <laughs> and yeah. uh, so we've got a lot in common uh, alicia loves sport uh, she's a great mate and you know i love her dearly and, and uh she, she alicia's a great supporter of, of mine but i also admire you know what she does she's still playing sport at the, at the, at the highest level she can yeah and i think that's what i like about just anyone who who has a go and gets the best out of themselves mm. um you know, i don't you know what i don't like is waste you know, whether it's talent, time, or resources, you know, I like to get get the most out of things. Sometimes that's achieving things. Sometimes that's spending time with you know the people who are important in your lives. Mm. What do you do with your spare time when you're not accounting, when you're not swimming, when you're not you know observing others, helping in the community, listening to their stories, all those bits and pieces? Yeah, um, I, I think I'm not sure. There's a lot of spare time in all of that, but um, <laughs> look, uh, yeah, when yeah. You know, Work-life balance is important to me. I, I, I think, I think um, yeah, and that's a it's a ter- it's a term that's sort of used a bit. Mm. Um, to me, work-life balance is is all about when you're at work being effective, yeah, and being effective from nine to five. Mm. Don't spend your whole life doing it. Make an impact. Get in there. Get it done. Be effective. Get results. Give yourself time then to do all those other things outside of it, whether that be, I mean, I enjoy reading, as a, you know, I enjoy my sport, mm. uh, enjoy catching up with friends and family and all those things. 
um, and and keeping up and keeping up with family and all the networks and support networks is important to me. Where it's a phone call and go and you, know, you can't sort of visit so much these days, but um, just making sure you keep in touch with people and uh, and uh, let them know that you know you're um, you care. Getting advice from people I think is really good. Um, you know, I like to ask people for. You know, what their thoughts are on things and just discussing through. I don't feel, um, I think if you do that more often than not, you, you get more information and you're able to then make better decisions yourself. Mm. Uh, not that I've always made good decisions, you know, sometimes I don't, but, um, but uh, I think you can do your best. Let's talk about decisions, tough decisions. How do you go with them? Do you procrastinate? Do you put them off? Do you, are you pretty nimble? Do you jump straight into it? <laughs> tough decisions. Uh, I've always found, uh, always found that you know when you're presented with a dilemma or an issue, um, the solution always presents itself. It always presents itself now, for whatever reason, and uh, and then um, you know so when you we're presented with a tough decision, it's a matter of okay, well you think things through. You uh, usually there's other people involved in it, so mm. you talk to them about it and you you come up with a solution one way or the other. Um, yeah, so I, I don't really feel um, that in my life I've had any really tough decisions to make myself. Is that a bit of a things happen for a reason in terms of when you are confronted or maybe it's a positive thing and, and it just sort of opportunity knocks, presents and you just, that fits, that works right now and that's meant to, that's the way it's meant to be? I think so and, uh, and it's also when you're presented with a, a, a situation that you don't rush for the immediate and try and worry about the the immediate answer. Hmm. Um, always one for you know sleeping or something overnight and thinking it through. And if if the if it doesn't feel right, then think it through a bit more or talk to someone else. Um, yeah, that's where I think that if the more people you talk to, the better idea. You know, you put things in perspective and and uh, um, and and uh, you find a way through. Quotes and sayings you've sort of used a couple through this journey, just as examples, or, or just sort of setting yourself up to tell the story. Are there any real mantras in life that you sort of every day you wake up you think of? You know, um, I think that um, yeah, there there people that you you learn from, and uh, and and moments in your life you think well okay well it's, they've said something and you sort of think oh it actually rings a bell with me and uh um you know as far as uh yeah quotes and sayings uh, goes I, I think um yeah there'd be lots of them but uh, some that come to mind would be that uh, i know when what one of my really good school buddies who and we're still good you know we knew it i think uh um, our mothers had each other sort of about a month yeah. apart, so probably in the same baby group together or something, yeah. or the equivalent of back in those days. And uh, and uh, and Adam always used to say, "Well, look, you know, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing properly." And I think that was something I learnt from him probably in primary school. <laughs> and, and it's sort of okay, well, that makes sense to me. I've sort of adopted that. I know, um, you know, growing up and and talking to some of uh, you know, receiving advice from some of Dad's friends. Uh, there's a there's a, 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 a uh, a solicitor in town who who and his actually two both these pieces of advice came from solicitors oddly enough but one of them was uh, and this was from a guy who who was one of the last men off the philippines in the japanese war and mm. uh, his advice to me was look you know you've got two ears and one mouth you know use them in that proportion and i thought well that's that sort of makes sense to me as well i'll, I'll you know so i'm always 
listening, mm. um, which is why I don't like to get up and talk. But, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the other piece of good advice I thought was um, was uh, from his other friend was, and he said, "Well, look, uh, before you dive into water, always find out what's underneath it." I thought, well, that's good advice. And he was talking more about, you know, the kids in the spinal ward at the, the mm. World Children's Hospital. But I, I sort of take a broader view of that, of, you know, you know and, I'm, and I'm probably a little bit risk-averse, I suppose. Mm. Being a, you know, you know, as, you know, find out what the risks are before you, you know, and think about what you're doing uh, before you go ahead and do it. But um, as far as quotes, um, I'm a bit of a learning fan, so, uh, you know, be brave. Life is joyous. Yep. Uh, I do like that one. Uh, that that's, that can be quite deep and uh, quite meaningful. Uh, so hindsight's a wonderful thing. It's always twenty twenty, perfect vision. Um, what would you tell a younger you with hindsight? Uh, that's a good question. Um, what would I do differently? Yeah. Yes. Uh, look, to be honest with you, I, I I don't think I would do too much different. And that's not to say I haven't made mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes mm. but I think that's what makes life interesting and uh, so I, you know, I've had a hell of a lot of fun along the way and I don't I think I don't think I'd do anything differently mm. um, uh, although I was um, I was reading a, a, a paper the other day on uh, re, uh, re, revising on uh, modern portfolio theory and I, th- I was thinking to myself why didn't I spend more time in the computer lab at university and develop some sort of algorithm around this? I'll be uh, worth a lot more money these days. But I was too busy having time, have a good time with my mates. <laughs> Life's for living, That's Stephen. It. That's Life's it. for living. Um, COVID. Let's talk about COVID for a bit because we've sort of worked this theme in over the last 18 months. Uh, as we sit today, we're you know watching vaccination rates get up around the eighty percent mark. Um, we we'll wait for that to turn to double dose in New South Wales in the next few weeks. We're promised some more freedoms. So it's still, we're still sort of cautiously told it's not a silver bullet. There'll still be people who fall ill. There'll still be people who pass away. And um, there's a lot of things that, uh, as much as politicians have tried to explain to us, they probably could control from the get go. We're all cottoned onto the fact they can't control everything. Um, so we're at this point now where we're anxiously waiting to see what the next chapter of a pandemic looks like and, and it's not something we could have spoken to anyone around us that may have been through it before. And what have you learnt? What have you sort of seen? Has it changed your values? Has it changed the way you think? What have you got from it? Yeah, look, I think um, some of the things I've learnt from the last uh, year or two have been that, um, uh, first of all, uh, I think people are very, very resilient. Mm. And uh, and innovative, and particularly businesses. You know, to see some of the stories, the way that businesses have, have changed the way they do business in order to you know, survive throughout the um, the last couple of years. Um, certainly resilient. Um, there's no doubt that uh, uh, that you know we've probably all learnt that how important it is to to be close to your family and 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 really. Um, I think it probably helps us has helped us to to value those things that are nearest and dearest to us. Mm. Um, our relationships with those people who are our family and our friends. Um, and I think the other thing we've learnt is that uh, you know all the rules are out the window. <laughs> yeah, it you know just just it, it's all these things that you learn 
you know, growing up, you know, about this, these, these principles and uh, these practices and, you know, you must do this this way. I, I think, you know, a lot of that sort of, you know, been torn down. Mm. And so, look, you know, it doesn't so much matter. Just focus on what's important and, uh, and, and what your own goals and desires are and, you, you know, you, you concentrate on those. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, let's, um, let's have a bit of fun with the... Uh the oldies but a goodies three people at the dinner table alive or dead who would you have with you yeah um yeah probably pretty boring really but um <laughs> uh i've always been a big fan of the dalai lama yes i think he'd be fantastic to have to dinner and uh man a few words yeah but but <laughs> chosen words <laughs> <laughs> very wise words yeah yeah it's and, a good one. and uh, on reflection look uh both my, both my grandfathers were, were had passed away before I was born, so uh, you know to have um, Morgan Mamuni and, and and William Lawson mm. al- along to dinner would be great, just to to talk to them and you know, learn a bit more about their lives and probably understand myself a bit better because of it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what's on the table then, sweet or savoury? While you're sitting there, what would you rather? Uh, look, I think I'm probably more a savoury man, but uh, uh, apart from the fact that I have a uh, uh, a great love for chocolate. <laughs> Never leave me unsupervised when there's chocolate in the room. <laughs> You're not alone on that one. And, uh, you know, coming into a, a spring weekend, it's going to be a wet weekend this weekend as we sit here, but you sort of, you've touched on swimming, sport, being active, staying connected with people. Do you regimentedly plan that in on a normal weekend in how you're going to achieve all those things or is it sort of as the cookie crumbles, you just see what the weekend presents? No, oh, look, I think um, my weeks are structured enough and uh, from Monday to Friday and I, I fit a lot of those things in in uh, deliberately, I think, through Monday to Friday, so that I can, you know, pretty much roam free on the weekends. And <laughs> uh, and uh, whilst I might have things that I, I, I feel I need to achieve or want to achieve, uh, I don't like to have too much structure. I like just to do what feels right at the time. Mm. Uh, suffice to say that if I'm, you know, sitting still for five minutes or so, I'll find something to do. Uh, but, you know, what that is will very much depend on my, on my mood. Well, good luck for this weekend. I have to ask, usually I just say thanks for being part of the journey and, and well done, but at the tail end of the journey, after being so anxious at the start, how are you feeling? Um, you well, keep well, going. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I'll ask me a few more questions. <laughs> no, no, I'm... Um, no, it's, it's, it's been... Look, it's been a real pleasure. I think the experience itself and actually just going back and reflecting over mm. those things in your life the messages that you want to get out and 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 i've probably forgotten half of it but that's okay only i know that yeah and um but you know it's it's been a good thing to reflect upon and uh, uh so i think i've quite enjoyed it and uh, as much as i've put it off um um and you never really i mean i i'm i, I still consider or i do consider myself just a an ordinary bloke in the community who's just happy to get the best out of myself so i don't necessarily think that anyone really wants to hear my story but (laughs) um if someone can get something out of it well that's great steve mamuni bmg partners enabling people to achieve thanks so much for sitting in the studio with me thanks for listening to the journey at bmg partners they enable people to achieve their dreams if listening to this conversation got you thinking about your journey and whether you're on track they'd love to hear from you head to bmgpartners.com.au Thanks again for listening. See you next time.